Well, hello there, friends and loyal listeners. You're here for another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide. It has been a while since Brad and I have been together. So much is going on in the universe. Hello, Brad. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? I am good, and it is good to have you back across from me in the podcast room here at WCTV in beautiful Wilmington. So today we thought we might talk to you, this is season three, episode three, about the technology that is making it possible for people to get the vaccine, right? Um, I know most of us have heard it has to be kept very cold. Uh, You can't just store it in your freezer at home. Too bad, though, because (laughs) then they could be drop shipping them and Amazon could drop them off and you could put it in your fridge. But it doesn't work that way. We're going to tell you a little bit about what we know about why some of these vaccines need to be stored so coldly. And eventually that technology is going to change. So hopefully by the time you listen to this episode... That technology will still exist because, as you guys know, things move pretty fast in the world. So, Brad, let's tell the folks what you have figured out so far for this topic. So the, we're not going to get too in-depth. Uh, Lisa, you have some good notes on messenger RNA and stuff like that. Yes. But um, it's it's so far over my head. You know, it is te- technically a technology to create these vaccines and the, the molecules and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's so far above what I understand. So I figure right. I won't I won't dive in and start spouting things that I don't know. Right, <laughs> so right. we stuck more to the to the tech the, the hardware uh, to really uh, explain that kind of stuff because we can speak to it a little more in depth. Right. Um, and like you're saying that the Pfizer vaccine, right? So that each vaccine is a little different, but the Pfizer vaccine needs to be stored um, at what 100 degrees Fahrenheit minus, minus 100, 100 degrees. Yeah, super duper cold. So there's actually you can't so like Lisa was saying, you can't just stick it in a regular old freezer. You I wish have you to could, you, though. <laughs> should. You have to put use something called an ultra cold freezer. You know, right. not a very creative name, but it tells you exactly what it's doing. Right. <laughs> Did you see on the news, um, I guess someplace, I can't remember where, and I'm sure some listener out there will write in and tell us. I guess human error is always a factor yeah. with these things. And I guess somehow one of the freezers got unplugged. Did you see that? I did. And then all they did to fix it was use some old-fashioned technology of actually bolting the plug <laughs> to the wall. And it just made me laugh, not so much for the loss of the vaccine. That sure. part wasn't funny. But just how human error is is always p- plays a part in these yeah, things. It's huge. And know? another thing they, they do is they, uh, instead of like data entry, because when you make an appointment, you need to put that into the system somehow right. and like, they're using software to kind of uh, automate a lot of that so you right. don't have to worry about like transposing two letters because someone has been typing the same thing a hundred times an hour for eight hours right. and so it kind of gets away from having to have manual intervention but like you said I mean the cleaning guy comes along and unplugs yes. something that's yeah. gonna happen and that yeah, takes and, <laughs> and in that same incident the alarm that usually goes off to tell you the freezer is off yeah. the battery on that was oh. dead Perfect storm. So, so it's, you know, I mean, I'm sure that heads rolled and people got in trouble and nobody yeah. did it on purpose, obviously. But right. it just makes me think about how we get so dependent on technology, but yeah. it's the basic stuff. 
plug it in. Yeah, charge the <laughs> battery. Sure, the battery. You know, it, it's the same thing that we hear and see over and over again. About the appointment scheduling yeah. piece, there was a young lady in Arlington. I've yes. been trying to get a hold of her, but of course, every number now yeah. she has been changed, which I don't blame her. Mm. But uh, she created an algorithm to help people get appointments, yeah. and I know people are still having trouble yeah. getting appointments. I we also saw in the news recently a, a recipe of the actual vaccine was contaminated and mixed improperly and so that lost 18 million vials so even with a great algorithm if you don't have enough vaccine to go around it's not going to matter how great the appointment book is there simply are no appointments available you know supply and demand right yeah (laughs) so human error definitely plays a role there um as far as what m m and (laughs) R A is blah blah blah. Yeah, Uh, it's a small M and then R N A. And what that is is it's messenger R N A. And you might be thinking, well, R N A D N A. So what this little R N A guy does is the messenger R N A travels to the strain of D N A, and it overwrites it. It tells it something different. And I was saying to Brad before we started, similar to RAM, RAM, yeah, Yeah. because when you turn on your computer. It writes over yeah. whatever was there yeah. last, yeah. and that's kind of what this does. So this little mnra guy, <laughs> RNA guy, RNA, I keep R- saying NRA, <laughs> RNA guy goes to the DNA and connects itself, and that is how the vaccine works. So there is actually no live illness in the vaccine. It's right. code. Yeah. The it's vaccine amazing. is actually code yeah. that's going to the DNA and telling the DNA, Hey, don't do whatever that right. virus does. Yeah, it's that's amazing. Medical biotech wow. is just astounding. It really is. I mean, th- you're talking, you're designing something that you literally cannot see with the naked eye, right? I mean, right. it's so small. I don't, I, I don't know how these people create something like right. that. Um, it's it's amazing. And so the reason it has to be stored cold, dun, dun, really cold. <laughs> is because that messenger RNA is is very fragile. The the little code <laughs> when it tries to do its little job, it's very fragile. It's an unstable little piece of material yeah. and what it's wrapped in to do its job to get down the pipeline into your body into your DNA, it's very fragile and that is why it has to be so cold. However, at press time of this particular podcast, <laughs> they're working on ways to have it not be that way. Yeah. They may it may not have to be stored cold, which which will solve some of the issue right. with delivery. Yeah, I mean, you know? yes, it'll definitely make it easier to deliver because you have to have there's actually an entire set of technology say called cold chain distribution, and so you have these trucks that have the cold the cold the ultra cold freezers in it, and they have attached they have RFID labels. The RFID label stands for radio frequency identification. So it's just a little tag um, that reports back. So it goes back to the Internet of Things that we talked about in some episode. Um, so each one of those can you can track the vials, you can track the box, you can track the the um, the, the truck that it's on, and then there's mobile apps because because of course there is, that you can monitor it. And then you have to worry about uh, the transmission of the data. So you have to have um, a secure interface. So like the HTTPS part of the web page, because it's, it's dang- you don't want anybody to see exactly where everything is. You don't want to broadcast it to the world. Right. So you ha- there's so many like little pieces of technology just to get the vaccine from the manufacturers to wherever it's going. So I haven't been vaccinated yet. Have you? I have not, not no. yet. But I'm wondering if the little vial, even they must write down or scan 
the vial yeah. so that patient will, will use me. So Lisa Kapala sits down to get her vaccine and they when they pick up the bottle, I'm sure they have like a supermarket scanner thing <laughs> Probably, that scans yeah. it and tells what batch I got on yep. what day. And that's good because this goes back to contact tracing yes. too. Yeah. Um, you know, I know folks who have had COVID and you yeah. get that call and then it goes out like a branch and you yeah. can kind of trace and they use the old-fashioned telephone method to do that. Sure, yeah. They, you know, people, <laughs> you just got a phone call and yeah. you answered the question and they moved on to the other people in your chain. They did not do it through automation. No. Which I was surprised. So see, some of the old-fashioned stuff still works. Yeah. L- Low-tech is still possible. You can still <laughs> use your phone, right? Uh, but what else do we need to know about the vaccine? What else did you find in your research? So um, the, the so the web pages are really are, are challenging um, because you have there's no centralization, right? So like each the mass Massachusetts has their own website, and then and then you have um, CVS and Walgreens and all this type, kind of right. places. The, what was so great about that uh, woman in Arlington is she what well, she aggregated everything. So she had one web page. The algorithm went out and searched all these disparate sites and pulled in the basically the interface. So it's just a web form. Um, but but the issue there is like when does it get updated? That's mm-hmm. manual, right? Mm-hmm. So when when these locations get uh, their shipment, there's no way for the web page to know. And so there has to be manual entry. And I know talking to like people in my in my neighborhood, like they're on at like midnight because sometimes some sites upload their their appointments at midnight. Sometimes it's like three p.m. Sometimes it's once a month. Sometimes it's once a week. Something like that. And so the the web pages are it's a it's so prevalent now. Like everybody has a web page, right? So you don't you kind of overlook it. But that seems to be a huge break in the chain um, because. Every site is different. There's so many different sites. And then you have the server load. So like these websites are basically just on souped up PCs, for lack of a better term. Um, And those pieces of hardware can only take so many connections at once. Right. And so it could crash the entire thing. Right. Because you think about our state. Just our state, yeah. how many people are in it? I don't know, but it's a lot, yes. right? So if everybody <laughs> yeah. is is using their computer yeah. and trying to get in there, it's going to crash. And I know when this first happened that the governor was really upset yeah. and embarrassed and and he, you know, what, what, we didn't know this was going to happen, though. There yeah. were so many unknowns and so many new yeah. things. And I know everybody gets frustrated. But I think the technology is trying to catch up as fast as it can. It's quick. We, Like you, you said know? earlier, like technology changes so quickly. But this is an unprecedented event. So right. you have it's not going to change quick enough to uh, to solve these problems. And right. so it's kind of stumble. I'm even surprised that the vaccine is delivered in the way that it is. Yeah. I thought it might be delivered via a patch or possibly orally, yeah. but it isn't. It's yeah, the old-fashioned needle-in-the-arm way, yeah. you know, um, and we're going to talk in a couple more shows about more medical advancements, yeah. um, you know, patches that you can wear if you're diabetic and all different things that you can do to track your life. But I'm sure we're going to see some changes in the vaccines. And another reason why they um, uh, why they use the cold storage method was because it could get approved more quickly through the FDA that way. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because of the manner in which those little guys, the little messengers, yeah. what, the way they're packaged, it had to be cold and we had to get it done fast and we wanted to get it out into the market, mm-hmm. into people <laughs> uh, yeah. within a year or less. And that's why. So as they learn more about the viability, yeah. 
it will be less necessary to do that. They'll come up with a better way to package it such that we won't need that. But to initially roll it out, that's why. So just in case anybody's thinking, well, why would they make it so, like, because they had no choice. Right. That's why. Right. They just, the, the goal was to get it into the people right. and to get it approved as quickly as possible. Right. And the cold storage was the only way yeah. to do that, yeah. from what I understand. yeah. 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 Um, tell folks about the companion page and what they're going to see on there. Oh, sure. So the, uh, if you go to wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, I'll have the current episode on that page with a list of pages to <laughs> list of episodes on the left. Um, and you, there's a contact form, too. So if you have any ideas about future shows, please let us know. Yes. And if you, you want to come in and tell us about your experiences yeah. with technology related to this whole yeah. vaccine thing, we'd love to hear about what that's like. I mean, I know there were even people taking older folks, like you could get a vaccine if you brought an older friend along. Um, but then there were some issues with that, too, because I guess people were going on Facebook and offering money. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just, again, interesting how social media can help and hurt at right. the same time. Yeah. And so Ethics is definitely part of the equation here, which I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah. Even with contact tracing, I know people who go to restaurants and they don't give their actual real name when they do that. Contact they give real tracing. contact information. Now I'm there yeah. and I'm not going to rat them out, of course, but people do it. So yeah. if that happens, that breaks the contact. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things like that yeah. that are going on and you, there's just nothing you can do about no, unfortunately it. Unfortunately you know, not. People, it's, are, it's, people are human beings and this true. is what we do. <laughs> we do hope everybody's healthy out there, though, and that everyone's doing well. Uh, we do apologize that we kind of have not done as many episodes as we normally would but for obvious reasons things have just been happening but we are going to get back in the swing of things here and bring you more stuff i don't really have too much more to say about uh, the technology of the vaccine because there's not really a lot out there to give you folks but we can do a part two show uh, when they come up with more stuff that we can educate you on. But basically, all you really need to know is this little messenger writes over the dna and uh, corrects Amazing. Whatever's going on in there and doesn't let it get in. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a food for thought for I us do. today? All right, hang on. Let's get ready for that. And now it's time for your technology tidbit. Food for thought. So this show has been non-traditional technology, so I thought the food for thought should go on the same vein. Cool. Uh, so we have, according to, some rudiment, uh, according to some sources, rudimentary vaccines were happening in China as early as 200 BCE. Wow. So obviously it's come a long way since then, but I think, though, that the millennia-long history of vaccine technology, for lack of a better word, has allowed us to change from having an inactive molecule of the virus to this messenger RNA right. stuff because it's the technology, if you want to call it that, is is so mature that right. they understand the inner workings of it. They can go from you know scabs of infected people to these little little right. guys that overwrite DNA. Right. It's and and there's amazing. actually no active illness right. or virus yep. in the vaccine, which amazing. that was amazing to yep. me because I always thought vaccine you have to get a you little bitty bit yeah. of it so your body gets used to it. But in this case, no. no. Yeah, it's because so, millennia of yeah. uh, work on this. So I guess you heard it here first. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. This has been another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide, brought to you in Wilmington, Massachusetts, here at WCTV. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be with you again soon. Soon.